Welcome to Pigskin Frenzy on this wonderful Thursday afternoon. Thank you for joining us. I'm Joel Norris. And whether you're watching on YouTube, listening on Spotify, listening on Podbean, or listening on Apple, a big thank you for taking some time out of your Thursday to just sit back, watch, and listen to some NFL coverage presented by me. Now, if you're watching on YouTube, subscribe to the channel, like each episode, and leave comments down below. If you're listening on Spotify, Apple, or Podbean, all you got to do is share around with others and follow on there as well. We have X, Instagram, and Facebook. All you got to do is type in Pigskin Frenzy. Follow and like the pages there. You'll get episode updates as well as uh, news and highlights from across college and NFL football. Uh, there's trivia questions, trivia questions on today's stories. Go and answer today's as well as all things up to date for Pigskin Frenzy. NFL day today, and well, it was an interesting week four, right? Uh, the Chiefs won after a controversial holding call from Sauce Gardner. That was, you know, widely talked about. Uh, Taylor was also there in in New York. Um, whoopee, right? Whoopee. Uh, we had an interesting Thursday night football game between the Detroit Lions and the Packers. The Lions are for real. We also had a lot going on with the Buccaneers and Saints to take a to see who's going to take a hold of the NFC South division. A lot went down for week four, and we're going to recap week four. We're also going to break down some of the top matchups for week five ahead of tonight and ahead of all the way up until Monday. So subscribe to the channel on YouTube. Keep plugging in. Like each episode. Leave comments down below. Also, follow on Podbean, Apple, and Spotify. Share around with others on there. Follow on X, Facebook, and Instagram for all things up to date for Pigskin Frenzy. Let's get down to the week, you know, the week four recap, shall we? Let's kick it off with Thursday night football action for last week. And it was the Detroit Lions going to Green Bay at Lambeau to play host of the Green, against the Green Bay Packers, right? Packers were playing host, and it was, you know, a raucous crowd. Uh, Jared Goff was going in there with a burst of energy. The I think the, one of the last times he went into Lambeau uh, was with, you know, the Los Angeles Rams and the Packers knocked him out of the playoffs in 2020. Uh, it was a, you know, hostile environment, and it was a battle up and you know, the battle. And, you know, the first half, it was pretty much all Detroit. Green Bay tried to come back up a little bit, but it was too late. Final score, Lions 34, Packers 20. The Detroit Lions are for real, ladies and gentlemen. Wow, did you just say they're for real? They are for real, ladies and gentlemen. The Lions look good. Jared Goff played a, de- played a decent amount of game, but it was the running game with David Montgomery who just sparked this offense into scoring 34 points and taking a hold of the NFC North Division. Who would have thought the keys had been handed over to the Detroit Lions when Aaron Rodgers went and left for New York? Let's talk about this game. Let's break it down for the Lions. Jared Goff, 19 for 28 with 210 yards and one touchdown with one interception. He had two carries with 10 yards. Uh, Amon Amon Ross St. Brown, his go-to guy, five receptions with 56 yards and a touchdown. Josh Reynolds played a part in this one as well. Three receptions with 69 yards. And Jerry Jacobs on defense was a, a savage, right? He was, an, he was an animal. Five tackles and two interceptions. He uh, was a big part of, you know, the Lions secondary this night, and he was kind of terrorizing the uh, the offense for the Packers. Uh, the, the, the main thing, 
obviously that I just mentioned was the running game. David Montgomery kind of carried this team a little bit on offense. The balanced attack with David Montgomery was not to be denied. 32 carries with 121 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, he also had two receptions with 20 yards uh, through the air. So David Montgomery was a beast in this game. He was player of the game. He played lights out, and they looked good up in Detroit. This is the, one of the first times in a long time where they looked pretty solid. Probably since Matthew Stafford was there, you know, about a decade ago, they made a, a, a small playoff run and going to the playoffs. Uh, they got eliminated early on, but they look, it's the first time they look pretty solid, you know, in both sides of the ball. The, the defensive line kind of pushed the offensive line of the Packers and they won in the trenches. I said that was the key thing for Detroit to probably win this game was to win up in the front and went up front in the trenches and they did that so Detroit looks solid in this game the Packers uh let's start with Jordan Love Jordan Love 20 for 36 with 246 yards and a touchdown with one interception he also got one rushing touchdown Aaron Jones returned he was back he had five carries with 18 yards AJ Dillon had five carries with 11 yards uh eight uh Romeo uh Romeo Dobbs Romeo Dobbs has been one of those guys who has you know who's been probably the go-to guy, you know, ever since Christian Watson, you know, got hurt. But Christian Watson's also back as well. So, Romeo Dobbs, nine receptions with 95 yards. Christian Watson had two receptions with 25 yards and a touchdown. The two guys on defense mainly were Quay Walker and Rudy Ford. Uh, they had, uh, Walker had 10 sacks, or I'm sorry, he had... He had 10 tackles, my bad, 10 tackles, and Ford had an interception. 10 sacks would be crazy, but he had... Uh, 10 tackles, and Ford had an interception. So they played good on defense, uh, but at the same time, uh, David Montgomery and that offense was just hard to be denied. They uh, Packers played a solid game in the second half on defense, but it was just not enough to put the lines away as they just pushed and pushed and pushed. And, you know, just... This one, this outright one. Final score, Lions 34, Packers 20. Packers, they don't look like a bad football team. They just right now aren't where the lions are and it's it's weird coming that saying that out of my mouth right right it is weird just sitting there saying you know they the lions are ahead of the vikings and the packers right now but it's the truth it is the truth they are ahead of the bears be honest we can get on that conversation a little bit in, in later in this episode if y'all want to but right now the Lions are the standard bearer in the NFC North. They are the team, and they look good. They look good in this game. Uh, final score, 34-20. Lions defeat the Packers. Packers don't look bad. They're just not where the Lions are currently. So good game, good score overall for both teams, and we will see what happens as the Packers go to the drawing board and the Lions carry that wind of momentum uh, as they play the Panthers coming up. So moving on. The Buccaneers and the Saints. We talked about this game. Uh, I said that, you know, we have to... It was one of those things where you got to, you know, let's see, what, let's see what happens with Derek Carr. And not only that, Alvin Kamara had to establish himself in the run game a little bit. And that offense just had to keep going and get into sync. Final score. Buccaneers 26. The Saints 9. Wow. Buccaneers 26, Saints 9. Now, Buccaneers played a lights-out game on offense. The Saints on offense, eh, they still look the same. The keys that I said did not go well for the New Orleans Saints. I picked the Buccaneers to win this game close, 
and they did. They did. I mean, I mean, they they won the game, but it wasn't close. But the Buccaneers did win the game, so I was right about two outcomes there. So twenty six nine. Uh, Baker Mayfield. Play like a madman. Play like Baker Mayfield of old at OU. 25 for 32 with 246 yards and three touchdowns with one interception. He had eight carries with 31 yards. Rashad White on the ground game. He was pretty solid. 15 carries with 56 yards. Chris Godwin was the go-to man for Baker, obviously. Eight receptions with 114 yards. Uh, Devin Tompkins, four receptions with 45 yards and, t- and a touchdown. Devin Tompkins is a, is a guy that's coming into his own on this on this offense, with, rejuvenated by Baker Mayfield. So I think this is pretty cool, right? to see some of these guys step up. Mike Evans, three receptions with 40 yards. Uh, Tidy and Kate Otten and rookie wide receiver Trey Palmer each caught a touchdown of Baker Mayfield's three. So rookie out of uh, Nebraska and LSU, Trey Palmer uh, catching a touchdown there as well as Kate Otten catching a touchdown. So uh, the Buccaneers, they played well on defense. Uh, They had an interception by D. Delaney, uh, 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 defensive back D. Delaney, and the Buccaneers, Look pretty solid on defense. Uh, They look a little bit more in tune on offense. They look good on defense. They probably just got to fill a little bit more gaps, you know, to compete more. But they look like a team that is probably going to surprise a lot of people on their schedule still. So watch out for Tampa Bay, man. I was one of those guys that was like, "Uh, let's see how it goes. But now... I'm kind of high on Tampa Bay right now. So we got to see where it goes. Everyone was saying Tom Brady's gone. What's going to happen, you know, with Baker Mayfield taking over? I'm actually loving it right now. Baker is showing something right now. He's showing that, hey, I am a starting quarterback in the league. I'm leading this team, and we are ahead in the NFC South currently. Baker Mayfield, everyone thought it was going to be the Saints, but with Derek Carr, but Baker Mayfield, man, Baker Mayfield is doing it in the NFC South. Uh, Let's go with the Saints really quick. They did look a little out of sync. Derek Carr playing through an AC sprain on his shoulder, so I can't blame him because it's a tough injury. Derek Carr, 23 for 37 with 127 yards. Uh, Jameis Winston came in later, and he was 0 for 1 with an interception. Uh, Alvin Kamara, 11 carries with 51 yards, 13 receptions with 33 yards. Taysom Hill had four carries with 10 yards uh, with one reception with seven yards. Michael Thomas, four receptions with 53 yards. Rashid Shahid. Rashid Shahid has been a receiver that's been coming into his own on this offense. He had three receptions with 33 yards. The Saints defense played well still and gave it their all with one interception from Isaac Yadam. Yadam. So Yadam and uh, the defense, they look solid. The Saints defense is not the issue. Uh, there's, it's, it's weird because the curve in Louisiana right now with the teams out of college with LSU and then out of the Saints with the NFL, you look at both teams and you're like, okay, one's got a defensive issue, one's got an offensive issue. The Saints have the offensive issue, LSU has a defensive issue. That's a college episode. We're not going to, we already discussed that on this past Tuesday's episode. Go and listen back to it. Episode 63. This is episode 64 now. So the Saints just look a little out of sync on offense. They just, they, there's something missing. I don't know what it is. It's the inconsistency with is happening again. And it's just, we don't know what's happening. We don't know what's clicking, right? It's the play. It's not only the play calling. There's just no rhythm. There's no, you know, preciseness to, you know, get everything going and get the ball rolling in motion to create a big time play. There's just no spark, it seems like. And it's just one of those things. It may be a mental issue. I don't know. But it's one of those things that they, they got to find something uh, because their schedule, I mean, it, 
yes, may look easier, but there are some teams out there that could spark uh, a, a victory over this, and these, these are some games that you probably shouldn't have lost uh, and, and, and games that you probably shouldn't lose. The Packers was one of them last week. You probably should have won that game in Green Bay, but you didn't, and you just need to find a spark on offense. So I'm challenging the Saints right now to find that spark on offense and find it quick because as you get deeper into the season, the losses add up, and the losses mean if you make the playoffs or not. So that's going to be a real big key, you know, to, to, to winning right now, just finding a spark on offense. Final score, Buccaneers 20, uh, 20, sorry, I keep going, 26, Saints 9. Buccaneers 26, Saints 9. Buccaneers look good on the NFC South. Saints kind of still, still trying to find that, that spark on offense. So we're going to see what happens between both teams, and it's looking really good for Buccaneers. A surprising start to the season by Tampa Bay and a little bit of a... Uh, an uphill start for the New Orleans Saints. So moving on, Ravens and Browns. I said this was going to be an interesting game. It was kind of out there, honestly. I'm not going to lie. I was expecting, you know, to be a totally different game. But with the news of Deshaun Watson not playing due to a shoulder injury, it was like, oh, this flips the whole complexion of the game. And it did. Final score, Ravens 28, Browns 3. I thought this game was going to be a lot closer. It was not. Uh, the Ravens looked pretty good. I'm not going to lie. They look like they are the team to beat in the AFC North. And I mean, they are. I mean, it's a fact, but they look pretty solid. Ravens 28, Browns 3. The Bengals, by the way, are 1-3. Uh, they lost to the Titans pretty badly, 27-3. Uh, I can get into that in a minute after we conclude our week recap for week four, but the North is running through Baltimore right now. Lamar Jackson, 15, 15 for 19 carries with 186 yards and two touchdowns. He had nine carries with 27 yards and a couple of touchdowns on the ground as well. Gus Edwards, 15 carries with 48 yards. He's their running back. Their other running back, Justice Hill, three carries with 33 yards. Uh, Zay Flowers had three receptions with 56 yards, and their tight end, their go-to tight end, probably the second best in the league, I would assume, uh, along with a George Kittle. Mark Andrews, five receptions with 80 yards and a couple of touchdowns. So those two touchdowns in the air for Lamar went to Mark Andrews. So that Ravens defense played excellent. They got three interceptions from Dorian Robinson Thompson, uh, uh, Thompson Robinson, uh, the rookie out of UCLA. And because of Deshaun Watson being hurt, uh, an overall just complete game for the Ravens on both sides of the ball. They look solid. Dorian Thompson Robson, 19 for 36 with 121 yards and three interceptions. He had four carries on the ground with 24 yards. Jerome Ford, nine carries with 26 yards and five receptions with 19 yards. The other running back, Pierre Strong Jr., five carries with 49 yards. Their tight end, David Nujoku, six receptions with 46 yards. He was also dealing with an injury, uh, a burning injury, you know, due to a household incident. He, I was told he was fine and he was playing through it, but uh, that's that stuff can be you know can be dangerous. So uh, you know, hopefully, I'm glad he's okay, and my thoughts are with him on that. But uh, Mari Cooper, one receptions with 16 yards. The Browns defense just couldn't hold on to the uh, the Ravens offense that long. It was just all Baltimore. The Browns without Deshaun Watson and a little bit without Nick Chubb just kind of have an identity crisis a little bit. Like it's one of those things where, okay, you're playing a rookie quarterback. That's not the main thing. That's fine. But without Deshaun running the, having the keys to the offense, it just looks a little out of sync, especially on the ground without Nick Chubb. I think without Nick Chubb, that whole offense on the ground looks completely different. And it does. Jerome Ford is a good back. Not saying that he plays lights out, but it's, it's one of those things where it's like you need, right? You need a Nick Chubb. 
You know, Nick Chubb's a must, and he's a good running, solid runner, and he's a strong back that you that you might need. So it kind of hurts to lose a Nick Chubb. It kind of hurts to lose Deshaun Watson. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping that he may play. Uh, it's coming up Sunday, so we gotta just we gotta see how it goes. Cross our fingers. I'll give updates on Pigskin Frenzy on social media. Uh, if so. But uh, the Browns just couldn't do, get anything going. Final score, Ravens 28, Browns 3. Browns back to the drawing board. Uh, I'm going to tell you what, the Ravens look good. They have another AFC North Division game coming up, and it's against the Pittsburgh Steelers, their big-time rival. Kenny Pickett says he's going to be ready to go after his knee injury, and we're going to see how he does there. But Ravens, Steelers, the Ravens look solid, man. They look like the team to be in that division. They look good on both sides of the football. Moving on, the last, you know, last but not least for this, uh, you know, week four recap, and we'll, you know, talk about a little bit more things before we conclude and move on to week five preview and predictions. But the Bills and the Dolphins. I said that Miami was going to win this game. I was, you know, concerned about, you know, how good with their offense is as a. As, I mean, amazing, right? They played lights out against Denver, putting up a 70-point uh, game against them at Denver. Miami, home game for them. Final score, Bills 48, Dolphins 20. Final score again, I will repeat that. Bills 48, Dolphins 20. The Bills played a perfect game. I mean, an almost a near-perfect game on offense. They outscored the white-hot Dolphins offense coming into this game, and it was shocking. The Bills looked good, 48-20. Uh, they tied with the Dolphins for the lead in the AFC East, right? So Josh Allen played lights out. He balled like the MVP candidate that we all know Josh Allen could be. Uh, 21, for four, for 21 for 25 with 320 yards and four touchdowns. He also had four carries with 17 yards and a touchdown. James Cook... Their main guy at running back, 12 carries with 29 yards and a touchdown, one reception with 48 yards. Damian Harris, their other back, six carries with 29 yards. Uh, Gabe Davis had three receptions with 61 yards and a touchdown. But let me go on and tell you something. It's that connection with Stephon Diggs that you got to watch out for, and it pl- and it played some, paid some dividends for the Bills' offense in this one. Six receptions with 120 yards and three touchdowns for this for Stephon Diggs. Six receptions, three uh, with 120 yards and three touchdowns in this football game for Stephon Diggs. Josh Allen and Diggs, that duo, they played you know they played well on offense. That defense also held their own and made some good moments and added some good pressure to Tua and that offense. Good job on them. Uh, It was behind Matt Milano, his eight tackles, and a defensive back, Micah Hyde's interception. So they played really well on defense there. Give them credit, you know, where credit is due there. Let's go with the Dolphins really quick. Tua Tungabailoa, 25 for 35 with 282 yards and a touchdown. He also had an interception. He also had that interception with Micah Hyde. And then two carries with seven yards. Devon A-Chain here is back and rolling. Eight carries with 101 yards and two touchdowns with three carries and 19 yards. The ones like, you know, the, the, that you expected to you know, who's coming in white hot in this game, he actually went ice cold this game, and that was Raheem Mostert. Uh, that was just that was just shocking for me a little bit. I mean, he was white hot coming into this game, then he just went kind of silent. 
Seven carries with nine yards, three receptions with 36 yards um, through the air. Tyreek Hill, three receptions with 58 yards. Jalen Waddell, who did not play last week due to a concussion, he's back now. Four receptions with 46 yards. Braxton Berrios, their tight end, six receptions with 40, or I'm sorry, their receiver slash tight end, six receptions with 43 yards and a touchdown. The Dolphins' defense didn't really play all that bad, but just got outmatched by a spectacular Bills offense. And David Long Jr., their linebacker, was a key with this one with seven tackles. David, their defense played good behind David Long Jr.'s seven tackles. They played, you know, pretty pretty fierce, and they tried really hard. It's just Josh Allen found the correct matchups with Stephon Diggs and Gabe Davis and just... Got him. Like he 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 went he went he went on a cooking show and started cooking right and and that's okay when you are playing against a an elite level quarterback like Josh Allen. So final score. 48-20, Bills looking good. Dolphins still looking good, too. They're tied in the AFC East. Things are getting a little bit interesting there. Uh, the Jets and the, the Patriots are kind of, you know, iffy right now. The Jets played a great game against the Chiefs. Um, but it was just, you know, you know that holding call, that was a controversial call. Uh, do I think he was holding or not? I'm kind of debating it myself, but... It's one of those things where can't change the game and can't change the outcome anyway. So, uh, but the Patriots didn't look too shabby against the Cowboys. Cowboys, you know, routed them single like pretty pretty handily. And it's one of those things where right now, if you had to rank them, it's a tie game between the uh, tie division between the Bills and the Dolphins. Then you got the Jets. Then you got the Patriots at the bottom. So right now, final score: Bills forty-eight, Dolphins twenty. That pretty much wraps up a, a week four. Oh, it, it's 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 funny. I mean, week four was very interesting. You got a lot of teams, and uh, one thing that stood out to me, and and I'm gonna say this, and a lot of people are talking about it a little bit. They're mainly talking about the holding call with the Chiefs and all that, and Taylor Swift and all that. I'm not really gonna get into that. Uh, let's let's talk some football here for a second, and let's talk about the Chicago Bears. And you're thinking, uh, okay, really, you're, you're you're doing something a little bit different before you head into your week five recap. I, I'll be quick with this. Chicago Bears were winning. Uh, and let me look. I mean, let me look uh, at the final score of this one. Uh, and and this is an this is a little extra preview, a little extra thing here on Pigskin Frenzy today, uh, talking about the Chicago Bears and the Denver Broncos game. So it was interesting. Uh, the Bears were going off. They were going off. They were playing good. Uh, they went on a uh, you know twenty-seven to zero run in the second quarter, and it you know it was uh, you know twenty-one seven, twenty-one seven right there. Uh, they scored again twenty-eight seven, and then they scored again twenty-eight fourteen, and it was twenty-eight fourteen in the fourth. Entering the fourth, had the game sewn up at home. And the final score was Broncos 31, Bears 28. I got, I scratched my head. I was like, why? What, what, what happened? Y'all had a good thing going. Um, right now, it is the battle of the early picks in the NFL draft for 2024. And uh, the Bears are leading that. Honestly, they're 0-4. Um, everyone's talking about who to blame. Do you blame the coaching? Do you blame Justin Fields? Who do you blame on offense? Uh, I don't know, necessarily. It's one of those things where you look at it and you're like, okay, yay, the Broncos finally got their first win of the year, but the Bears really should have won that. So it's like, 
Is it something to be proud of on either side of the, on either side of the fence here? Um, yes, for the Broncos, maybe it should be. They got the win, and they should be happy about that. I feel like this was a win for the Bears that they had, and they let it slip away. They 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 just let it. They got it. They they let it go away from them, and it was one of those things where you're like, as a Bears fan, you're like, wow, you know, this is a tough break, man. Because y'all were, y'all were winning 28-14 at the half, and then they score 17 points, and it's 31-28. Unanswered. 17 points. Unanswered. In the fourth to make a, to spark a comeback, and the Bears are 0-4 to start the season going into week five. Now, the Bears have a game Thursday against the Washington Commanders at the Washington Commanders at Washington. That's going to be tough, very tough at D.C. to to go in there against a team that has been playing good and to try to get a, a, a win, and it's a must-needed win at this point. You go into, you, you go in into Washington 0-5, you're asking for it, right? There's a lot of rumors about Justin Fields, and there's a lot of rumors about what's going on in Chicago. I don't know what's going on in Chicago, but right now, it's one of those things where it's a little bit concerning, honestly. Uh, it was once during the offseason, everyone was hyping up Justin Fields to be an MVP candidate, but they're 0-4, I mean, right now. And it's, it's one of those things where you look at it, and you're like, Ugh, you know, you, you, you scratch your head, go, ugh, uh, you just don't know. You don't know what's happening. But final score of that one was 31-28 Broncos. They get a much-needed win in Chicago on the drawing board. But let's see how they play on Prime on Thursday with Al Michaels and Kirk Street on the call for that one. But that one's going to be interesting. Uh, let's see what the Chicago Bears do, you know, you know, does in this one. What I think needs to go down if I'm Chicago is I am letting Justin Fields take more compared to that offense because I feel like he doesn't have enough freedom on that offense. And you're probably thinking, dude, this guy is, he's not doing good, yada, yada, yada. You don't know what you're talking about, Joel. But I feel like just, let's just try something here. If I'm the Bron- if I if I'm the Bears, I am letting Justin Fields have a, lo- a little bit more freedom and control with a lot of the plays. And let's see what he goes from here. If it fails, it fails, and it's Justin Fields. If it doesn't, then it might be on the Bears. You know, let him have more some credit freedom. Let's try some new things, try some new tricks, and let's see where the Bears go from here. That was one the one that one big thing that shocked me about week four. Let's move on to week five, and let's start it off. Let's do preview and predictions before we conclude today's episode of Pigskin Frenzy. Let's kick it off with the London International game. I haven't done one of these yet. It was Last week was the Toy Story Fun Day. If you wanted to watch that on ESPN+, Plus, that was a little entertaining. I saw some highlights on that. Trevor Lawrence was running the ball, and feet, fire was coming out of his feet. That was pretty, that was pretty cool. So, uh, Bill's... Versus Jaguars in London. So the Jaguars were in London last week. They're in London again this week. I'm pretty sure that they're already there now getting ready for the game. But they play the Falcons. They beat the Falcons pretty good. Uh, good win for the Jaguars. The Bills coming off of a huge win against the Miami Dolphins. They play each other in London. Bills versus Jaguars. The keys to this one. Can the defense pressure Trevor Lawrence into making critical mistakes? That is a big one. I think if they pressure a little bit, you know, Mike Milano and uh, guys like, you know, and guys like Leonard Floyd, who is now with the, the, the Buffalo Bills, if they pressure Trevor Lawrence into making some some errors and some decisions that can, you know, you know, cost them some points or cost them a drive, then I'm pretty sure the Bills can probably find a way to win this one. Flip side, or, or you know, for the, you know, you know, for 
you know, the Bills defense. Now, here's the key for the Jaguars. Got to find the open matchups, and you got to let in the line of scrimmage. Sorry. I have two keys for the Bills on here, but I'm just going to get, I want to get to, you know, the Bills in a minute again, but I have two keys for the Bills on here. So, that's one for the Bills with a defense pressuring Trevor Lawrence to make critical mistakes. For the Jaguars, finding the, the matchups with guys like Evan Ingram and Calvin Ridley and, and, keyword, and, winning in the line of, you know, line of scrimmage in the trenches. So I think that's a good thing. If they beat that front seven, uh, the Jaguars have a good shot at winning this game here in London. Bills, last one before we move on. If Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs play like they did against the Dolphins, that's pretty much could sew it up. I mean, that was a dynamic connection. They're, they're, they're one of the top duos in the league, and if they play like they did against the Dolphins, that could pretty much sew it up. Who, who do I have winning this one? I have the Bills beating the Jaguars close. I think the Jaguars are actually pretty solid. I think them and the Texans in the South, it's probably going to come down between them two, and I think the, those two teams are solid in the South. Here's who I, and, and the Colts look good too, but I think, you know, the Jaguars look pretty solid. I think it's going to be a close game, but I think the Bills are going to outmatch the Jaguars in London by a score of 31-28. I think a field goal will do it, and I think it's going to be Bills 31, Jaguars 28. Jaguars, nothing to hang their head on. They're going to compete and go out there and try their best against the Bills, but I just think the Bills are going to uh, go down the field, kick a game-winning field goal, and ice this one coming up Sunday morning. So Bills defeat the Jaguars 31-28. 28 in London. Next up, the Eagles at the Rams. This is an interesting one. The Rams have been kind of playing with a little bit of fire again, and I like it. I like it. The Eagles undefeated 4-0, heading into week five, trying to make it 5-0. Now, key to the Rams, keep running the rock with Kyron Williams. You got rid of you got rid of Cam Akers. You traded into the Minnesota Vikings. Now, you had another back there with you, and it was Kyron Williams, the Notre Dame uh, running back. So, I would keep running the rock with him, right? I would run the rock with him. I would, uh, you know, get some point, you know, get you know, get some yards on the ground with him and try to tire out that Eagles defense. So, uh, run the rock with Kyron Williams. It was it was working, you know, against it was working against the Colts this past you know this past Sunday. So, run the rock with Kyron Williams. The Eagles, and this is my key here, and you're probably thinking, eh, you know, the Eagles. Sorry for the way I said that. I was like, oh, the Eagles. No, the Eagles. Here's their key. Someone, and I mean anybody, has to contain Puka Nakua. <laughs> that man is playing on a different level. And and let me want to tell you something. Ever since Cooper Cup was hurt, they were like, who is our go-to guy? Who, who do we who can we who can we trust? It, we need a hero. We need a hero. Right? Puka Nakua it was that hero. And he has been lights out the first four weeks. He has been probably one of the best receivers, if not the best receiver in the league for the Los Angeles Rams and in the NFL. So Puka Nakua, somebody's got to somebody's got to get that guy. Matthew Stafford has been throwing to him lights out. You got to double him, contain him, something. I don't know if you're going to slow him down. It's looking like this, he, he's looking like a receiver that's going to get his yards but you're going to have to contain him for a little bit to try to win this game. Uh, so those are the keys. If I'm the Rams, I'm running the rock with Kyron Williams and throwing the ball to Puka. But if I'm the Eagles DBs, I am finding a way to contain Puka Nakua and limiting him in this game. Who do I have winning this game? Close game? 
I had the Eagles going 5-0. and I had the Eagles beating the Rams. It's going to be close. I think it's going to be about 24-17. Eagles 24, Rams 17, and they, and they get a touchdown win over the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, but Puka Nakua is going to make a statement, I think. He's still going to make a statement in this game, but I think the Eagles have enough horsepower on the offense to win this game and make it 24-17 and go 5-0 and on the season. Two more games, and we will conclude today's episode of Pigskin Frenzy. Cowboys at 40. Niners. Wow. Rivalry game. I'm excited. Sunday night football. Here we go. I haven't picked a Sunday night football game since week one. So let's, let's just pick it, right? Cowboys at Niners. This is going to be a, a, a game that's, you know, literally, in my opinion, something's got to give, right? So key for the Cowboys, their defense just keeps playing how they keep playing, right? They just keep playing like the best defense in the league. That's their key. The 49ers key. Christian McCaffrey and that offense keeps playing the way that he, him and the offense has been playing. Something has got to give. It is a battle between a top offense versus a defense. Now, here's the thing. The defense for the Cowboys has faced defense. Excuse me. I'm tripping up on my words. Sorry. The defense for the Cowboys have faced offenses that have kind of been hearsay, right? They're getting a test Sunday night. It's in San Francisco. They're getting a true test of, okay, we're facing a dynamic offense with some playmakers on this team. Brandon Ayuk, uh, George Kittle, Debo Samuel, uh, Brock Purdy in the back, you know, you know, up, up in front in the center and in the gun. And then you got Christian McCaffrey. You got Elijah Mitchell rotating in and out with him. You got some guys on that team, man. Ronnie Bell. You got a lot of guys, the rookie receiver out of Michigan. You got a lot of those guys on this team, man, that, Look pretty good, you know, and those are some playmakers. Uh, that defense, I'll say on the flip side, that defense looks pretty solid too, even without Trayvon Diggs, who tore his ACL and is out for the remainder of this year. Even without Diggs, the Cowboys' defense still looked good, especially with behind defensive end Micah Parsons. Two of the best edge rushers are in this game with Micah Parsons and Joe uh, and Nick Bosa. Um, it's one of those things where you're like, okay, it's a you know a key position battle and it's a star-studded battle coming up Sunday night. This is a pure football game Sunday, and I'm ready for it. Who wins it? Uh, I got the Niners. I got the Niners moving to five and zero. Close, close game. Cowboys lose this one close. Uh, they're coming off of a. Uh, Blowout win over the Patriots after losing to the Cardinals the week prior. So it's going to be a close one. I think the Cowboys are going to, you know, put, show some fight. But I think the Niners have enough horsepower to overthrow this Cowboys defense. I think the Niners win by a score of 35-27. 35-27. Cowboys 27, 49ers 35. 49ers get the win, and they move to 5-0 on the year. And the Cowboys go back to the drawing board. Okay, last game. Before we conclude today's episode of Pigskin Frenzy, Packers at Raiders, Monday Night Football. You're thinking, Packers at the Raiders. Why are you, why? Packers and Raiders. But I'm kind of interested in this game. I'm kind of see, I'm, I'm interested to see what two, what these two teams do, right? You know, you know, back and forth, right? I want to see what the Raiders do. I want to see how the Raiders are going to bounce back. I want to see how the Packers are going to bounce back after a loss against Detroit. I'm curious. Now, now. The keys to this game are establish the run more with Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. I think that, uh, yes, while the Lions defense was pretty good, I think Jordan Love is a solid quarterback, but he cannot do it all on his own. I think that what needs to be done is you can run the ball and run the rock a lot more with two dynamic backs like A.J. Dillon 
and like Aaron Jones. So I would establish the run more and get some more yards on the ground. Um, for the Raiders, I got two things for the Raiders. If Jimmy Garoppolo comes back, because he did not play because he had a concussion, if he comes back, find the right matchup with Devontae Adams. Find those those particular matchups with Devontae Adams on the field and just go for it, right? Just go for it. And just and just throw to Devontae Adams and find those matchups in the secondary. If not, run some trick plays and do and let do a lot of do a little bit of trick things with Aiden O'Connell, the rookie quarterback. I think Aiden O'Connell is a was a very underrated choice in this year's draft. Coming out of Purdue, Aiden O'Connell, listen, he played he, he led them to the Big Ten West and he led them to a Big Ten championship game last season against Michigan. Aiden O'Connell is no joke. Him and Charlie Jones last year at Purdue were solid. They played some, they had some good, he had some good moments and he, and he showed some good moments with the Raiders. I think if you let him do his thing, because he's a rookie, right? He's a rookie. He's going to, he's going to make some mistakes, but if you let him do his thing, right? And, you know, run a little bit of a, a little bit of special options for him and special packages for him in the playbook, let Aiden O'Connell just do his thing and let and just let him feel comfortable for what he's used to, and then he'll be fine. And the Raiders could potentially pull off an, an upset win against the Packers. Who do I have winning this game? It's in Las Vegas. Uh, this is a game where you really could you just flip a coin. Honestly, you could flip a coin on it. But I am going to flip that coin, and I'm going to land on the Las Vegas Raiders. I think the Raiders pull away with this one close. I think it's going to be a close game. Uh, the Packers are good. I just think there's some there's a little bit more questions, uh, especially you know, especially on you know the offensive line and a little bit, you know, in the offensive side of things, just to, just to get things going for the Packers. I think I'm, I'm questioning that a little bit. I got the Raiders winning this game close, though. I think the Packers are going to put up a fight. It's going to be close. I think it's a score of 17-14. I think it's a low-scoring game. I think the Raiders win 17-14. Raiders 17, Packers 14 to conclude week five of NFL action. I think it's going to be close, but I think the Packers uh, fall in this one on Monday Night Football, and the Raiders win 17-14. So that just about does it for Pigskin Frenzy today. A big thank you for taking some time out of your Thursday to just sit back, watch, and listen to some NFL coverage presented by me. Now, if you're watching on on YouTube. Please subscribe to the channel, like each episode, and leave comments down below. Spotify, Pybean, and Apple, if you're listening on there, share around with others and follow on those platforms as well. Now, X, Instagram, and Facebook, all you gotta do is type in Pigskin Frenzy, follow like the pages there. You'll get episode updates, you'll get news and highlights from across college and NFL football. There's a trivia question on today's, on today's Instagram story. Go and answer today's as well as just all things up to date for Pigskin Frenzy. Again, a big thank you for taking some time out of your Thursday today. Also, go enjoy some college football this weekend. Go enjoy some NFL this weekend. Some interesting matchups in both sides of the sport, as well as keep up to date with Pigskin Frenzy. We will be back Tuesday for our college football edition. We will recap week six of college football and look ahead to week seven's top matchups in college football. I'm Joel Norris signing off. We will see you Tuesday for another edition of Pigskin Frenzy. And for everybody out there, stay the course.